0: Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the weekly science and development show from side I'm Halima Athmani. Cancer deaths are set to nearly double in sub-Saharan Africa and could rise to one million by 2030, according to a major study of cancer on the continent. The research was published in leading international health journal, The Lancet. Over the next three weeks, we'll be investigating the impact of this groundbreaking publication. We will be unpacking the factors driving late diagnosis, poor treatment, and cancer deaths. This week, we investigate the role of traditional medicine. The Lancet discovered 80% of sub-Saharan Africans engage in traditional or alternative practices leading to missed diagnosis and late treatment. Our reporter, Michael Kaloki, speaks to Gladys Anyachio, a senior lecturer at the Multimedia University of Kenya, to find out why the African population favors traditional medicine.
1: Depending on your level of education and what you are exposed to, you may not know the depth of this uh, the name cancer. And even, even before that, you may not even know that you have cancer or because you never went for diagnosis. We are not socialized to go and look for things that we do not know. Actually, most of us say that what, what you don't know won't hurt. That's first, first of all the reason why we are not seeking uh, any, any health uh, interventions. And this is because of our health-seeking behaviors.
0: Dr. Beatrice Weafe Adai is the head of the Peace and Love Hospitals of Ghana and a specialist of breast health and surgery.
2: There are a lot of myths and misconceptions surrounding cancers in general in Africa. The fact that a lot of people think cancers are incurable and so it brings about fear. The stigma surrounding cancer diagnosis in general. The fact that all the treatment centers are found in the big cities so people have to travel for Hours before getting to their places. The fact that uh, people do not have uh, social support systems. And so when um, people are diagnosed with cancers, especially when women are diagnosed with breast cancers, they first think it's a spiritual disease or it's caused by witchcraft. And so they have to uh, resort to other um, alternative Means of treatment and which include maybe going to stay in the prayer camps, going to use traditional healers uh, preparations, and also the, the it has something to do with the culture and the belief of the people. Um, they also resort to the adverts. There are a lot of billboards uh, who are advertising for cure of one cancer or the other. So this attracts a lot of people to them. And that's true, about 80% of the people will resort to one form of traditional or alternative kind of treatment before getting to the hospitals. And these are those in the communities who actually listen to friends and family. And it's only about 20% who believe that I have to go to the hospital.
0: Dr. Wiafe says that men often prevent women from accessing early and full cancer treatment.
2: Because some women do take advice from their husbands, the husband will be the authority. And so, for example, you can have a woman with breast cancer who needs a mastectomy or a chemotherapy. But because the husband, there's no agree to a mastectomy, the woman will also refuse to undergo the treatment, only to come back to the hospital later when the disease is even uh, inoperable.
0: Dr. Andrew Odiambo is an oncologist and lecturer at the University of Nairobi. He tells Michael that many patients who get a proper diagnosis still seek out alternative medicines because cancer treatment and post-care are expensive.
3: It is not only the cancer doctor or the oncologist that you need to see because cancer is a multidisciplinary disease, so you need a big team of of doctors, you need the oncologist, you need the surgeon, you need the pathologist, the one who looks at the the the, the biopsy, you need the radiologist who looks at the scan, and each of those special uh, uh, types of specialists would require to be reimbursed, and that is the downside with private healthcare.
0: You mentioned there patients who are seeking treatment in private healthcare. What about for? people who are part of the general populace, would they get this sort of access or treatment in the public health care system?
3: So I still think that there's relatively good access even in the public health care. And especially in the last five years, there's been a lot of improvement in opening up what we call regional cancer centers. And there's been a lot of of improvement in the training of oncologists. We now have oncologists in Garissa, for example, who have never had an oncologist since independence. We have oncologists in Mombasa. We have oncologists in Nakuru. We have oncologists in Kisumu. Ten years ago, all the oncologists were either in Nairobi or Eldoret. So that has improved access to these specialists. The queues may still be long, but believe you me, somebody in Garissa now can see a cancer specialist without having to travel to Nairobi. We also have a lot of allied staff in oncology, a lot of adjunct, uh, um, they're not doctors, they're clinicians who have been trained in cancer care, who are working hand in hand with the oncologists in these big centers and are able to provide a relatively high quality of treatment to cancer patients to avoid them to travel all the way to Nairobi or to Eldoret for treatment. Now
0: you've given an example of Kenya. There is this reflected across the rest of Sub-Saharan Africa.
3: Obviously, Kenya, we are a bit ahead of the other countries in in the region. But there's a lot of improvement even in in Tanzania. There's a lot of training going on. There are many new cancer hospitals being opened. There's a Gakan Hospital that is going to be opened in in Tanzania soon. Uganda is also rapidly expanding. Ethiopia, where I have been severally, is also rapidly expanding. South Sudan is also doing their own local training for oncologists. Rwanda, some of my friends are working there. There's lots of expansion in many of the sub-Saharan African countries. And I believe in the next decade or so, uh, cancer care will have undergone a major transformation in Africa.
0: Fatality rates vary considerably across different countries and the continent at large. For example, southern and northern Africa record high rates of prostate, colon, and breast cancer, while across western, central, and eastern regions, cervical cancer, which is now easy to prevent, possess a greater health risk. In many instances, the high number of cases of cancer remain largely unexplained, Dr. Wiafei again.
2: We can't say that every every country in Africa has the same level of access to care. In Ghana, for example, we've come a long way. So everyone can see a doctor. And there are doctors who are close to the communities, you know, such that people can sometimes walk or within 30 minutes, one hour, can see a doctor, but the problem is whether the doctor they are seeing can treat the cancer they have, whether the doctor they are seeing can uh, know when to refer the case to the next level of treatment. And I mentioned earlier that the treatment centers are in the cities. So it still comes back to education, educating the people on the need for even sometimes they themselves asking for referral from uh, the community level or the district level to a higher level where they can be treated. Some countries have some insurance uh, schemes which cater for cancers. And so it means that everybody can see a doctor when they have the insurance card but again, even though everybody can see a doctor, we need to educate our people that they should also understand that it's not every doctor who can treat the cancer they have, and if the doctor is delaying or um if they they it's possible they should go to the next level where they can see a doctor, a specialist who can diagnose and treat the problem they have.
0: Okay. Uh, doctor, apart from the measures you indicated that can be put in place, how can this healthcare gap be bridged to improve cancer diagnosis and treatment and improve survival rates?
2: Yes. It involves everyone. It involves the policymakers It involves the private sector, civil society organization, and individuals, the indigenous, the people themselves. And when we talk about universal health care, in Africa, you look at it as something very bizarre. It's like a mirage. How can we have universal health care when people do not have the basic things in a facility for them to be diagnosed or to be screened. So we need to uh, do certain things concurrently. We don't have to wait until we are able to buy all the equipment before we start educating people. There are a lot of screenings that we can offer our people freely so they won't think of travelling to go and get screening done. And also to assist them when they are diagnosed with their problem. If you diagnose them and you leave them alone, it's as if you haven't done anything. You even cause more harm to them because it will get them thinking and you cause uh, psychological uh, troubles for them. Early detection alone will not save life. It should be early detection and prompt action. So if we diagnose the disease early and we take the prompt action, then we can save the life of of the person.
0: To help inform and educate communities across sub-Saharan Africa, Gladys Nyacheo says free-flowing communication between researchers is essential.
1: Uh, Most of the time, uh, you find that... um... People from the social sciences are not included in the hard or physical sciences. Uh, sometimes it's the issue of not knowing their contribution in such areas. And you know, it is important that they include the social scientists because the social scientists deal with the social issues, the the the, the softer part of the technology. Like, for example, a patient who has cancer. It's, it's not necessarily the money that is lacking for them to, 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 to go for, for medication. Time is a factor. And how does time come into play? What are they doing? What is their occupation? How much time will they spend uh, going to the hospital and back, like I have, I have already mentioned? So there, there are many factors that will even stop people from seeking uh, medical attention, which are not necessarily financial. Social-cultural, and they play a big role. So there is need to include social scientists and even academicians in the same area in many of these things.
0: Remember, this is only the first episode in our three-part mini-series on cancer in sub-Saharan Africa. If you want to find out more, head to the SciDevNet website. That's www.scidev. Net. You can get in touch with the Africa Science Focus team by emailing podcast at Sidev.net. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show was produced by Harrison Lewis with editing by Ogechi Ekanywani and reporting by Michael Kaloki. I'm Halima Athmani. Next week, we'll take a look at Africa's capacity to tackle the disease. Until then, goodbye! Africa Science Focus is produced by SidevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station.